Chapter Twenty Five of April's Lady. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. April's Lady by Margaret Wolfe Hungerford. Chapter Twenty Five. Man, false man smiling destructive man who breathes must suffer and who thinks must mourn and he alone is blessed who ne'er was born oh my dear girl it is you at last cries lady baltimore running out into the hall as joyce enters it we have been so frightened such a storm and baltimore says that mare you had is very uncertain where did you get shelter the very warmth and kindliness of her welcome the utter absence of disapproval in it of any sort so unnerves joyce that she can make no reply can only cling to her kindly hostess and hide her face on her shoulder is that you mrs connolly says lady baltimore smiling at mine hostess of the baltimore arms over the girl's shoulder yes my lady with a curtsy so low that one wonders how she ever comes up again i made so bold my lady as to bring ye home miss joyce myself i know mr beauclerk to be a good support in himself but i thought it would be a reasonable thing to give her the company of one of her own women folk besides quite right quite said lady baltimore oh she has been so kind to me says joyce raising now a pale face to turn a glance of gratitude on mrs connolly why indeed my lady i wish i might have been able to do more for her and i'm sorry to say i to put her in a small most inconvenient room just inside all my own how was that asked lady baltimore kindly the inn so full then fegs twas that was the matter wid it said mrs connolly with a beaming smile crammed from cellar to garret ah the wet night i suppose just so my lady composedly and with another deep curtsy lady baltimore had given mrs connolly into the care of the housekeeper who is an old friend of hers leads joyce upstairs you are not angry with me says joyce turning on the threshold of her room with you my dear child no indeed with norman very he should have turned back the moment he saw the first symptom of a storm a short wedding would have done neither of you any harm there was no warning the storm was on us almost immediately and we were then very close to falling then having placed you once safely in mrs connolly's care he should have returned himself at all hazards it rained very hard said joyce in a cold clear tone her eyes are on the ground she is compelling herself to be strictly just to beauclerk but the effort is too much for her 
she fails to do it naturally, and so gives a false impression to her listener. Lady Baltimore casts a quick glance at her. Rain? What is rain? says she. There was storm, too, a violent storm. You must have felt it here. No storm should have prevented his return. He should have thought only of you. A little bitter smile curls the girl's lips. It seems a farce to suggest that he should have thought of her. He, now with her eyes effectually opened, a certain scorn of herself, in that he should have been able so easily to close them, takes possession of her. Is his sister blind still to his defects, that she expects so much from him? Has she not read him rightly yet? Has she yet to learn that he will never consider anyone where his own interests, comforts, position clash with theirs? You look distressed, tired. I believe you are fretting about this, says Lady Baltimore, with a kindly bantering laugh. Don't be a silly child. Nobody has said or thought anything that has not been kindly of you. Did you sleep last night? No, I can see you didn't. There, lie down and get a little rest before luncheon. I shall send you up a glass of champagne and a biscuit. Don't refuse it. She pulls down the blinds and goes softly out of the room to her boudoir, where she finds Beauclerk awaiting her. He is lounging comfortably on a satin fauteuil, looking the very beau ideal of pleasant, careless life. He makes his sister a present of a beaming smile as she enters. Ah, good morning, Isabel. I'm afraid we gave you rather a fright. But you see it couldn't be helped. What an evening and night it turned out. By Jove, I thought the waterworks above were turned on for good at last and forever. We felt like the babes in the woods, abandoned, lost. Poor dear Miss Kavanagh, I felt so sorry for her. You have seen her, I hope. His face has now taken the correct lines of decorous concern. She is not over-fatigued. She looks tired, depressed, said Lady Baltimore, regarding him seriously. I wish, Norman, you had come home last evening. What? And bring Miss Kavanagh through all that storm? No. You could have left her at falling. I wish you had come home. Why? With an amused laugh. Are you afraid I have compromised myself? I was not thinking of you. I am more afraid, with a touch of cold displeasure, of your having compromised Miss Kavanagh. There are such things as gossips in this curious world. You should have left Joyce in Miss Connolly's safekeeping and come straight back here to be laid up with rheumatism during the whole of the coming winter oh most unnatural sister what is it you would have desired of me you show her great attention all this summer says lady baltimore i hope i showed a proper attention to all your guests you were very specially attentive to her to miss kavanagh do you mean with a puzzled air ah 
well yes perhaps i did give more of my time to her and to miss maliphant than to the others ah miss maliphant one can understand that says his sister with an intonation that is not entirely complimentary can one here is one who can't at all events i confess i tried very hard to bring myself to the point there but i failed nature was too strong for me good girl you know but er awful we were not discussing miss maliphant we were talking of joyce icily ah true as if just awakening to a delightful fact and a far more charming subject for discussion it must be allowed well and what of joyce you call her joyce be human norman says lady baltimore with a sudden suspicion of fire in her tone forget to pose once in a way and this time it is important let me hear the truth from you she seems unhappy uncertain nervous i like her there is something real genuine about her i would gladly think that do you know she leans towards him i have sometimes thought you were in love with her have you do you know so have i with a frankness very admirable she is one of the most agreeable girls of my acquaintance there is something very special about her i'm not surprised that both you and i fell into a conclusion of that sort am i to understand by that just one thing i am too poor to marry with that knowledge in your mind you should not have acted towards her as you did yesterday it was a mistake believe me you should have come home alone or else brought her back as your promised wife ah what a delightful vista you open up before me but what an unkind one too says mr beauclerk with a little reproachful uplifting of his hands and brows have you no bowels of compassion you know how the charms of domestic life have always attracted me and to be able to enjoy them with such an admirable companion as miss kavanagh are you soulless utterly without mercy isabel that you open up to me a glorious vision such as that merely to taunt and disappoint me i am neither joyce or nor miss maliphant says lady baltimore with ill-suppressed contempt i wish you would try to remember that norman it would spare time and trouble you speak of joyce as if she were the woman you love and yet would you subject the woman you love to unkind comment if you cared you would not have treated her as ah if i did care for her interrupts he well don't you sternly she has risen and is looking down at him from the full height of her tall slender figure that now looks taller than usual oh immensely declares mr beauclerk airily my dear girl you can't have studied me not to know that 
as i have told you i think her charming quite out of the common quite that will do shortly you condemn me says he in an aggravated tone that has got something of amused surprise in it yet you know you of all others how poor a devil i am so poor that i do not even permit the idea of marriage in my head perhaps however you have permitted it to enter into hers says lady baltimore oh my dear isabel with a light laugh and a protesting glance do you think she would thank you for that suggestion you should think you should think said lady baltimore with some agitation she is a very young girl she has lived entirely in the country she knows nothing nothing throwing out her hand she is not awake to the inquiring lying falsity with a rush of bitter disgust that belongs to the bigger world beyond the terrible world outside her own quiet one here she is quiet here isn't she says beauclerk with admirable appreciation pity to take her out of it eh and yet so far as i can see that is the cruel task you would impose on me norman says his sister turning suddenly and for the first time directly towards him well my dear what throwing one leg negligently over the other it really comes to this doesn't it that you want me to marry a certain somebody and that i think i cannot afford to marry her then it lies in the proverbial nutshell the man who cannot afford to marry should not afford himself the pleasures of flirtations says lady baltimore with decision no is that your final opinion good heavens isabel what a brow what a terrible glance if smiling you favor baltimore with this style of thing whenever you disapprove of his smaller action i don't wonder he jibs so often at the matrimonial collar you advise me to think just now think yourself my good isabel now and then and probably you will find life easier he is still smiling delightfully he flings out this cruel jib indeed in the most careless manner possible ah forget me says she in a manner as careless as his own if she has quivered beneath that thrust of his at all events she has had strength enough to suppress all signs of it think not of her i dare say she will outlive it but of yourself what would you have me do then demands he rising here and confronting her there is a good deal of venom in his handsome face but lady baltimore braves it i would have you act as an honourable man says she in a clear if icy tone you go pretty far isabel very far even for a sister says he presently his face now white with rage a moment ago i gave you some sound advice i give you more now attend to your own affairs 
which by all account require looking after and let mine alone he is evidently furious his sister makes a little gesture toward the door your taking it like this does not mend matters she says calmly it only makes them if possible worse leave me end of chapter twenty five recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c